0: This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain.
1: Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, not Linda, Brian Callahan in for Linda, who uh, so um, bravely... Uh, Sat in for Patty Daly this morning on Open Line. And so the trickle-down effect continues, and I'm in for the afternoon here. Um, I guess my question to all of you today is, so you want to be a meteorologist? (laughs) Or a weatherman? Or a weatherwoman? Um, I guess one of the, you know, this is news talk. I guess the biggest story around Metro today is uh, the no-show. The snow no-show, I guess. Uh, So far, anyway, so um just so you know in a short uh, period next half hour actually we're going to get the weather office on the line here live and have a chat as to what happened or at least so far what happened um I'm looking online here now and of course it says that the snowfall warning at least for the St. John's metro area has ended um still calling for heavy snow say between 4:30 and say 7:30ish but um it's raining out there now and um uh, So uh, earlier, it'd be hard to tell if it was wet snow or not. But I suppose at night, it's easier to tell Claudette if it's snow or not. Um, But in the meantime, that's that's one story today, of course. And, of course, in a way related to that was the fear that the uh, people at Tent City would really be in for a hard time. Not that they haven't already, but um, with the heavy snow that was forecast uh, today, that... uh, you know, not a lot of those tents would have made it through. But um, that hasn't happened yet. But, of course, the issue hasn't gone away this afternoon. Um, I was at a briefing, actually, just uh, earlier this afternoon. Uh, Mayor Danny Breen um, spoke to the media for a little while and talked about right now what the issue. Of course, the immediate issue has to be finding homes or at least some kind of uh, shelter. Um, as people will point out, it's a right uh, to have a shelter, to have a home, to have a roof over your head place to stay Um, and so right now that seems to be the immediate concern that all hands are working towards, you know, everybody stresses the collaborative effort here, not to finger point, not to uh, blame, no blame game, jurisdictional, throw all that out the window, get together and come up with solutions. And even if it's based on other jurisdictions, we know that the deputy mayor and other officials were at Federation of Canadian Municipalities uh, meetings, advocacy days, they call it, last week in Ottawa, uh, had the air of the MPs, you know, to talk about framework and what cities what uh, what kind of framework growth framework we need to be looking at here, with all of these things? And of course, you know, when anything catches you off guard, which it sort of seems to have in this province, at least in this city, the tent city, um, they're trying to act quickly to find a solution. And of course, on top of that is the bathroom issue, and uh, and now uh, the province has said, or at least Minister Abbott has said that they will not put porta potties on, this, on the site where tent city is now, a colonial building in Bannerman Park. Interesting thing there is uh, Mayor Danny Breen told us today that they can't put them there because technically uh, the colonial building site is provincial government property and they can't put them there. So I asked whether or not they could put them on the other side of the fence. Uh, but um, again, I didn't, not the clearest answer to that. I think they're looking for a larger solution. And even then, those porta potties have to be cleaned and serviced. And me, Mayor Breen made it clear today that um, staff will, you know, there are all kinds of risks, and And just what they 're facing it 's not just cleaning up it 's uh, it 's broken uh, infrastructure it 's broken toilets it 's uh, broken sinks um, you know there 's vandalism there there are risks there. That uh, the staff, uh, you know, and they have a right to say no, they're not going to be a part of it. And and understandably, I guess, when it's uh, it's just not a contained area and uh, they don't feel safe and they feel at risk somewhat themselves. So they have that right. The employees do to refuse. So the issue isn't so much funding or, or getting hiring people. It's the, the fact that the staff are really hesitant. Or let's just face it; they don't want to um, uh, be facing what they're facing in those bathrooms there at Taint City, where it's it's a volatile area. We, you know, you just um, uh, outside of any kind of structure, and uh, it's uh, it's risky to them. So we have this um, right now, sort of a, a calm, much like the storm, I guess, where apparently all sides are trying to get together and collaborate and find a solution for this. But sooner rather than later, we hope because. Um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of these people in the tent city are not in the best of health in de- various levels, whether it's mental health, whether it's physical health, and, uh, you know, cold weather and what's coming is not gonna be healthy and a good thing for any of us. So um, I'm gonna have, uh, shortly after the break here, now we, we have today, I have a lot of the scrum with Mayor Breen today and a lot of good questions, hard questions were put to him. Oh, it? Um, thank you, Linda, coming on in, drop me a note. <laughs> Yes, I actually just mentioned that snowfall while warnings have ended, but, uh, you know, we're still showing next three hours some heavy stuff. But um, anyway, also on top of that, uh, yeah, okay, thanks. I was looking at the big words that you had written here as opposed to the small ones. Sorry, Linda. She advises tractor trailers, two tractor trailers now are stuck on the hill just east of Port Blandford. And that's causing, as you can imagine, uh, snow snowdowns. Here's my Freudian of the day. Snowdowns in the area. Slowdowns in the area. Uh, roads are slippery. Caller says the plough just passed him, so the crews are out. But uh, if you want to be really safe, hang back and wait a little bit. Let them go by and follow. Um, I can't imagine uh, being in too much of a hurry to put yourself uh, at risk. Get to where everyone's waiting for you. Seems to be the best rule of thumb. But in any event, uh, yes, so the mayor answered a lot of the hard questions around that today, but much of it was punted to the province because they do ultimately have responsibility uh, here. And, And just all sides need to get together and figure it out. And the mayor mentioned, of course, the community groups. There are a lot of great community leaders uh, in our leader who are speaking out openly about ten cities so they want everybody to get together and try to find a way most importantly immediate housing there's talk of possible shelter in the area at, at various smaller hotels there's a warming center that was set up for this evening um, uh, assuming we had gotten a, uh, a big blast of uh, of um, of the winter weather today, which we haven't yet. But again, uh, who knows what could happen? It was forecast and didn't happen. It might happen without being forecast. Uh, again, after 4.30, I'll speak to the weather office about that. But coming up after the break, I'll give you that um, scrum we had, which we call a scrum here in the news business. We put the microphones before Mayor Danny Breen and asked a lot of good questions. Uh, other media, of course. Uh, delving into some of the issues. You saw the protest involving the toilet down maybe down on City Hall on Monday where social work students were looking to see hear from the mayor on this issue. So he addressed all those questions and more. And we'll hear about that coming up after the break. I am Brian Callahan in Fort Linda Swain on News Talk today. We'll be right back. Santa Calls returns December 4th to your VOCM. Brian Callahan back with you on News Talk. I'm going to get right to this um Oh, okay. So Linda passed me another note. So apparently, the RCMP are investigating, and this just, just uh, handed to me the discovery of human remains found in a wooded area near Grand Falls, Windsor, earlier today. So, the Office of the Chief Medical Examiner is involved in this um, and uh, to determine the cause of death. And the identity, of course, of the remains, um, told officers are uh, investigating in the area of the Trans-Canada Botwood Highway earlier today. So they asked people to stay away from that area while they go to work. Um, This is near the Botwood Highway at the Trans-Canada. And again, so human remains discovered in a wooded area near Grand Falls, Windsor earlier today. Uh, Still very early in this, of course, the chief medical examiner involved in causing and um, determining the cause of death and the identity. So we'll keep you posted on that throughout the day. Now back to that. Um, the reporters uh, asking questions of Mayor Breen just a short uh, time ago, earlier this afternoon, on the issue of Tent City down uh, at Colonial Building.
2: Well, over the past uh, number of weeks, we've been monitoring the situation. There's been a significant amount of damage uh, done to the, uh, the bathrooms. Uh, you know, there's such things as uh, toilets ripped from the floor. Has been human waste uh, on the floor, uh, clogged toilets and sinks with needles, and uh, just created a very, uh, a very uh, unhealthy situation, and a significant amount of damage. And uh, so, as we monitored and continued on, uh, we have staff, both uh, city staff and contractors, that work at that. Uh, we have a, a plumber who was there uh, practically uh, every every hour of the day, uh, during. the daytime to uh, to keep it running Um, and uh, then the uh, the staff uh, said that uh, no longer were they willing to work in those conditions so we don't have the staff to clean up uh, and to keep the the washrooms in the condition uh, that they're required to be healthy and so we were forced into the situation of closing them.
3: In the release, you said that you'd like the provincial government to put up portable toilets. Minister Abbott has said that that's not going to happen. If you want them, the city has to put them up. What's your reaction to that?
2: Well, you know, we, we did ask. We felt that that was another option that could be used here, but uh, obviously the government has uh, decided that that's not uh, something that they're uh, prepared to do. Um, so, uh, you know, but we've, we've talked to the province, and we're going to be having further discussions, and we're going to continue to... Uh, Try to figure out a way that we can uh, that we can deal with the situation. Um, certainly, uh, where our hands are, we don't have a lot of flexibility here. We don't have the staff to clean or, or to maintain the washrooms, so uh, uh, we do we do have a problem. But uh, hopefully, we can figure out some way to uh, to address the situation with the province.
1: Is just a staffing issue, though? So, I mean, you know, is it always possible? Could you hire more staff? There's a budget coming up. Um, I've seen last-minute funding put through for emergency it's situations. No, it's,
2: it's not a funding issue. Is the staff have uh, have said that they're not prepared to do the work? They're not prepared to work in those working conditions, and it's a, it's a very difficult situation there. It's a very challenging uh, for the staff, and uh, they uh, they have that uh, right to uh, to to refuse work, and that's the situation we're in. So uh, we'll be meeting with the with the province. We're hof- hopefully we'll be meeting at staff level with them uh, this afternoon, and we're uh, going to see where we can go. Um, in the meantime. Uh, I just uh, became aware that there's um, a warming center open, uh, so I would encourage the people that are in the encampment to go to that warming center for the evening. And I, I encourage leadership at the encampment and people to encourage the people uh, to get inside for the evening at the at the warming center. Where is the warming center? I think it's on St Clair Avenue. is the uh, um, information that I was given, but you can I can be corrected on that. How do you
4: expect, to, do you expect them to get I'm
2: Not there? sure. That's a provincial government issue. They're running the warming centre, so they'll uh, they'll they manage that part of it, but that's something that uh, you can refer to the province on.
1: The deputy mayor said yesterday that uh, you know, she didn't want this to, this can't devolve, uh, dissolve into a jurisdictional thing, a finger-pointing thing. Uh, they're responsible for this, but that seems exactly what's happened here today.
2: Well, you know, I don't think it's a finger-pointing thing at all. I think that the province has done some uh, uh, some some good work in, in getting uh, people uh, in housing. I think there's more work to be done. We're willing to work with the province and to uh, with the community groups that we work with now, uh, to uh, to try to take care of this situation, it's you know it's a terrible situation. And when you look at the uh, at the the night that we're expecting, I mean the colonial building grounds are no place for people to be to be living. So we we really need need to find them uh, safe and supportive housing uh, for the people that are there. So uh, we're willing to sit down, work with the government, uh, do what we need to do to try to. Uh, uh, to try to get this situation resolved, uh, but it is uh, in, in the province's jurisdiction. But we're there to support wherever we can.
0: Do you have concerns about the location of the tent encampment? Since the loop is going to be opening soon, people are going to be bringing their kids and families. You know, that's
2: uh, that's something that we'll uh, we'll deal with at that time. My concern right now is the people living in the in the encampment. We're concerned uh, for their well-being. It's not uh, it's it's not a proper place. For people to be living, um, I think we should all be focused on how we're going to be able to get safe and supportive um, supportive housing uh, for the people in the encampment. There's a lot of groups involved, here. there's a lot of leaders in the community involved. I think we all need to get together and and uh, and figure out a way out of this.
1: Can you give me some insight, uh, Mayor. Just you know, I mean, you came out here prepared for a news conference. What's the discussion amongst yourselves, amongst council, amongst staff about solutions? What kind of solutions are you looking at?
2: Well, so so. Through I'm glad you asked that, Brian, because there's something that I really do need to clarify, because a lot of people think that this is something that's driven by the Mirror and staff that come up with these things. Uh, this is uh, a combination and a collaborative effort between mayor, uh, myself, members of council and the staff, and we have these discussions, and uh, we uh, we were left with no choice on the bathroom issue of, uh, of of having this way forward. So it's not one member of council, it's not one staff member that's driving this, it's a, it's a collective decision Uh, so you know we work in with community groups in all areas of affordable housing we're one of the few municipalities in the province that has affordable housing we have over 475 units that we have in the city Uh, so we've been invested in affordable housing for a long time and we do great work with our community partners Uh, we we try to access funding from the federal government we're looking at ways that we can speed up the permitting process to get more capacity into the uh, into the system to try to address the affordability issues. Uh, but when it comes to subsidized housing and the, and the issues around um, uh, are covered by health and uh, Department of Health under the jurisdiction of the province. So it's not something that we're responsible for, but it's important to our city and it's something that we want to be supportive of.
3: You've mentioned the situation specifically this afternoon with the storm coming. You mentioned the warming center, but this is one of potentially many winter storms. This season. So, how concerned are you for the people living in the encampment?
2: Look, I think the focus should be on getting the people that are living in the encampment in safe and uh, supportive housing. I think that they uh, they they need to be taken care of. I think we should be focused on not having an encampment. We should be focused on having housing for the people. And I think that everybody needs to come together uh, to work towards that. You know, sometimes we work in silos way too often, and uh, we really need a collaborative, cooperative effort on this. And uh, we need to deal with the situation at hand.
1: I just ask one more time: What's sure. the situation with porta potties? Why can't the city just put a couple there? Do you, you know, I mean, these are porta-potties. It's not the infrastructure that you have in these concrete bathrooms with plumbing and that sort of thing. What is, again, the issue of why just a couple of porta-potties can't put in that area?
2: Well, First of all, uh, we, we asked the province to put them there on the colonial grounds property so they could be accessible to the people living in the encampment. Uh, second of all, we'll have that discussion with the province this afternoon and see if we can come up uh, with some solutions to this. But, uh, you know, we haven't really talked to them about this in any greater detail other than to you know, a phone call to my, myself, to the minister, and, uh, and an exchange of emails about uh, the situation that we're in. So that discussion's uh, continuing on this afternoon.
1: Is there anything illegal or any illegal issue with the city putting a couple there?
2: Well, we can't place them on the colonial uh, grounds property because it's not our property. Uh, so that'll be one issue with it. Uh, but again, it's a provincial uh, responsibility in the encampment, and we have to work with them because it is ultimately their responsibility to deal with <laughs>
3: Let's say uh, there's no solution found this afternoon. Province says we're not putting up porta potties. City says we're not putting up porta potties. Uh, what are people in the encampment going to do?
2: Look, I think you just got to let people work this through. I mean, we're, we're dealing with a situation that's uh, uh, that's very uh, very charged. Uh, you know, um, the the empathy that we have for the people that are that are living there, we want to make sure that they're that they're taken care of. Uh, again, we can't provide the bathrooms because we just don't have the ability. To to provide the uh, bathrooms in the Bannerman Park, in the Bannerman, Bannerman Park building. Uh, so we're going to talk to the province and uh, and see if we can uh, v- figure out a way uh, forward.
1: Staff are one thing with the bathrooms. Can you not hire security, uh, you know, that could look after those issues, other issues, vandalism and that sort of thing?
2: Brian, security's not going to clean the bathrooms and the problem can is... Have, well, can you have both? staff have said we're not going to clean the bathrooms. The problem is, is that we can't, we have contractors that do it and we have a staff person there as well and they have the right to refuse work given the situation in there given the mess that's uh, that's in in place and the damage that's being done we cannot keep the bathrooms operating.
0: Have you spoken to the one social work students who were here on Monday in talking about the bathrooms in the 24-hour access
2: yeah they've asked for a meeting and uh, you know I've been I've been a bit busy and I haven't been able to get back to them today but uh, you know we're willing to maintain them
5: going back to the warming station that's just one warming station correct.
2: Yeah, so uh, that's one that I understand. I just saw the press release a few minutes ago.
5: And that's obviously not going to get everybody in there, I
2: would. I'm, I'm not sure what the province's plans are with the uh, with the warming station, but I, I, I do know that I'm, I'm very hopeful that the people in the encampment will take advantage of the opportunity to go to the warming centre uh, for the evening.
5: And for those that don't, uh, will the city or the RNC monitor that area tonight?
2: We, uh, you know, that is uh, something that I really don't have the answer. Or two right now, what what happens? Uh, but um, you know, again, um, the um, the provincial government is the uh, um, manages that that sort of thing, uh, where the city's emergency plan kicks in if there's an incident that creates it. So if there's a power outage, then the city's emergency plan will kick in. Uh, but in terms of uh, of services provided to uh, to to the homeless, the unhoused people, uh, that's something that's in the provincial, uh, takes care of.
1: Just how are you reconciling this with yourself as mayor? You know, and clearly you don't want to see this in your backyard, and particularly colonial building, Bannerman Park family area. You know, how do you reconcile this? And how do you know when you think about it in your quiet moments? You know, what do you think you can or should do?
2: It's tough. This is tough. It's tough watching. Uh, it's tough watching this. Uh, people are are suffering and. We're all trying to do our best. I think what we need is we need everybody to work together to try to help people out. That's You know, we're better than this. We can do this. We just need to all um, do what we need. Have you been up there yourself, Mayor? No, I haven't. Uh, I, I haven't been up there. I, uh, uh, I was intending to get there uh, today, but uh, some other things kept me from going there. But uh, you know, it's uh, we're 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 doing we're doing what we can to uh, to assist. But I just uh, I just hope that we can uh, find a way forward for the people there. soon.
1: That is Mayor Danny Breen uh, in a um, scrum with reporters there just a short time ago, earlier this afternoon, uh, of course, before any of the um, uh, weather had started. It still hasn't started, but uh, he was speaking there with reporters at City Hall, updating the latest on Tent City. We are off to the news with Noah Shepard. When we come back, we're going to talk to the weather office, uh, hopefully waiting for um, to make contact about, uh, about today's weather or lack thereof. And uh, then we'll be back to talk to you here on News Talk. I'm Brian Callahan. We'll be back after the news. Win your
0: Christmas cash with a VOCM Cares for the Community 50-50 draw. Buy your
1: tickets until December 16th at VOCM.com. Welcome back to the program. Uh, Just before the break, we heard from, of course, Mayor Danny Breen on the whole issue of Tent City and porta-potties and the province and the city back and forth. Uh, Still no... um, Um, coming to agreement on how they're going to deal with that issue. Uh, However, uh, of course, the leaders of both the NDP and the um, progressive conservative parties, Tony Wakeham uh, and Jim Din, respectively, uh, did have some opinions on this today, and they spoke with media
6: and uh, our own Richard Duggan just a short time ago as well. I want to talk to you about homelessness. Currently, we have approximately 30 people who are still uh, down in what they call Tent City, behind Colonial Building, who have no housing. At the same time, government today has announced they're going to close this building. So they have a plan to close Confederation Building. So what I'm asking is, what is the plan for the people in Tent City? What is government planning on doing to make sure that these people do not have to weather this storm outdoors? Again, I think the challenge here has been the government has—we've had this problem for a long time now, and government has failed to act. They've offered things that have not been suitable. We all saw the pictures on TV and related to the housing and and the rat feces and everything else in those things. Today, we need to get these people shelter and they need to find a way we have contingency plans all the time in our province when we have events and so government should have had a contingency plan I hope they have a contingency plan that's the reason I have not heard anything about what government intends to do and that in itself Shouldn't happen. Here we are at you know this late hour talking about this. And there's been a lot of chatter about the city of St. John's. It's not just the city of St. John's issue. This is a government of Newfoundland, a liberal government that has failed to introduce any kind of a housing strategy. We all know the stories. We all know what they've said. But they have failed to act. And I think what we need to do is immediately we need to find shelter for these people. And we need to do it today. And we need to continue to find that supportive housing model that they all need.
7: Man, it's almost as if uh, the provincial government uh, didn't know winter was coming and didn't know this was an issue. Uh, and here we are, hours before what could be a significant snowfall, and bury these people, bury the tents, and uh, there d- there doesn't seem to be a plan of action. I'm hearing uh, rumors of one, but I, I haven't heard any details uh, for sure. So this is... I guess troubling, uh, deeply troubling to me. Uh, the people who are down, I was speaking to today, they, they're they're concerned. Uh, some of them didn't even know there was a snowstorm coming, because well, they don't have that connection with the uh, they don't have that connection with media at that time. But so they're concerned. They're deeply concerned. There are people who feel abandoned um, because they feel it's, it's dropped out of the uh, public mind. But I will tell you, there are people even while I was there, I, I bringing coffee and donuts and 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 fruit. I was, I was just dropping off some coffee today and some uh, muffins uh and there are people coming in with you know keeping uh, keeping people um uh, supplied as best they can they're there for the same reason that people are living in the tents um, uh, across from the confederation building they do not feel safe in the shelter system they want a place that they can call their own and uh, and, and and there's a sense of despair but there's also a tremendous sense of community still there when I, a few times I've dropped in there you know you, uh, in the warming tent and uh, you can have the conversation people there and they're they're very supportive of each other but they all want the same thing that the people already across the way when here in the parkway wanted,
1: which is a place, to deliver, a place they can call their own. That is NDP leader Jim Din there Speak And, uh, of course, uh, before him was uh, Tony Wakeham, the newly installed leader of the Progressive Conservative Party, of course, weighing in on this whole issue of Tent City. Um, and you heard, of course, Mayor Breen before the break get quite emotional about... Just the fact that, uh, you know, nobody wants this to be uh, happening. Uh, But it's a reality. It's the way the economy's been going. It's the way, you know, rental prices, housing limits, we know we're behind on them. We've seen um, as far as uh, I think the number is sort of like a thousand short units short of what we really need and continually falling behind. Now, we know only recently that the city had put in an application for this accelerated housing funding. Uh, And then, of course, the feds had come back and said, you know, uh, it's not ambitious enough for the exact words they used. But they still haven't. um, And so, you know, working on, as they say, increasing the housing stock, but uh, it's not going to happen overnight. Everybody agrees. So now they're stuck with the immediate issues of Tent City happening and not being prepared for how to deal with it. And um, everybody seems to be caught a little bit with the pants down around this one just because you know it's not like it's not happening in other places across the country it's just uh, we hadn't seen it here and as most things do they move from West to east across the country, just like the wind. Um, you can get to places faster in a plane when you got a good tailwind, but it gets here quick. Eventually, all of those ills of society in the larger, uh, I- larger areas and metropolitan areas of our country um, filter down this way. And it's also a product of burgeoning population. And you know, um, economies are good sometimes, and depending on the industry, uh, that can also bring with it its ills, but. You know, people are being pushed to the margins even further and further. And as we've seen, uh, statistics are showing it's, it's not just people on social assistance and it's not just people who've been mired in poverty too long because of their generational side of things. It's also people in middle class, people I know, uh, you know, having to avail of food banks. So unfortunately, it's an issue that's uh, it's right in front of us right now and people are being uh, forced to deal with it shouldn't be forced to deal with it. We should have been proactive, of course, but until it happens and until it's right before your eyes, it's, uh, it's difficult to, um, I don't know, to get movement on issues until people are forced to do it. And uh, there are so many issues right now on the plate just with uh, everyday people dealing with the cost of living that um, this just shows and magnifies the problem to a greater extent. We're going to be hearing so much more of this. Um, We know that the province has uh, said no to porta-potties on that site, uh, focusing, choosing to focus more on getting people off and out of that area, ten City around Bannerman Park, and actually into shelter and housing, which before too long is going to be so necessary because if we had gotten the weather that we were supposed to get today, well, that would have been uh, another issue altogether tonight. And maybe some people are thanking their lucky stars we didn't get blasted, uh, but it's still going to be cold, and it's still going to be wet tonight, and it's going to get wetter and colder in the coming weeks and months. So let's just hope, and we heard this, the Mayor Breen say again today that you know all groups have to be coming together, and he, he applauded all the community groups and the people who are out at the site doing their best to help people there and get them into housing. But uh, it's, uh, it's not going to happen overnight, unfortunately. So we need immediate stopgap measures. And let's hope all sides can come together and, uh, and establish it. Anyway, we're going to take a short break, uh, right up to the quarter, and then we'll be back with the rest of News Talk, hoping to speak with the Weather Office, waiting on their phone call, and a little bit from the Public Accounts Committee today, where Hydro was a little bit on the hot seat um, after the Auditor General's report recently, asked to actually explain some of these expenses that were questionable, to say the least, in person. And we'll have a little bit of that tape as well. I'm Brian Callahan on News Talk. Be right back. Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your
0: VOCM. Join Linda Swain, week day afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you news talk on your
1: vocm brian callahan back on news talk and uh yes no we're going to go straight to the weather office um environment canada and uh ali are you online
4: yes i'm here
1: ali ali uh how are you and uh what happened (laughs) sorry a few people on this area i guess uh, out especially on metro st john's are wondering we had schools closed a lot of businesses shut down early for the day Uh, i know these things happen but um it looks like it would stay a little west or or what exactly did happen i'll go back to my original question
4: Sure. So what happens that the center of the system moved a little bit northward than whatever it was, suppose, and the models uh, were showing yesterday. That caused that St. John area stayed more in a warm sector and, and when temperatures around zero, you know. Yeah. Plus minus a couple of degree changes a lot. So that changes in a center of the system caused that the main precipitation and heaviest precipitation moved westward. So that's why we got more snow in Gander than you guys in San John's, and you stay more in a warm sector and you got more rain that was supposed to be snow. That was the main reason that uh, we didn't get uh, snow in uh, St. John's area and uh, we got more toward the west. As well as that, we added that uh, we didn't have originally Tranova in a warning uh, that we issued yesterday and we had to add it today to the warning.
1: So it's a very fine line, isn't it? And uh, literally on the map, but also, uh, you know, this is it. Hey, it stayed above zero. So that really that sounds like the temperature was the the killer here, was it?
4: Not necessarily the temperature, but because the system center of system moved a little bit northward, that okay. causing all of the consequences after that, that temperature is one of the reasons that's causing because you know is the that the positive temperature was because
1: of right. That. so um where was the line say? would you say that uh, between uh, what we didn't get on the east side and what they did get on the west side of that line toward Gander?
4: So uh, what happened? We, you know, we got the, we journey have two to four centimeters for the gander, but right now we are seeing something between five to ten centimeters for the gander, and uh, so. Uh, th- that was happening at things uh i have uh, some unofficial numbers as uh, amounts uh i don't know if again these are the unofficial but uh the maximum that we got was for parent that uh, was between 16 to 20 centimeters and uh for turnover that's uh, something around 16 centimeters for Avalon South, we got maybe around 10 centimetres and uh, that's the, again, unofficial numbers that I've had so far.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: And just last thing, um, for St. John's, I know the snowfall warning is ended, but are we still going to get some uh, snow tonight and how much?
4: Uh, so for John's area that, that, this, uh, that the rain will be expected to convert to the snow. and we have a two to four centimeters, However, in a summary over higher train uh, that could be to 10 centimeters.
1: Perfect. Ali Jalali, I really appreciate your time. I know you guys have been busy today, so um, over at Environment Canada. so thanks again very much for your time. Thank you. Okay. That is Ali Jalali at the Environment Canada Weather Offices uh, with an update and uh, somewhat of an explanation. There you go, how quickly things can change, one slight turn one way or the other, and went a bit north, and lo and behold, uh, stayed a rain event for us. Now, I'm going to move on briefly and quickly to... Um, the uh, Newfoundland Hydro and Jennifer Williams CEO were before the Public Accounts Committee today at the House of Assembly, chaired by Pleeman Forsey, and, um, you know, they delved a little bit deeper, along with the Auditor General at the House, uh, to into the expenses that were recently uncovered in the Auditor General's report. Here's just a little bit of that.
0: Uh, thank you, Jordan Brown, uh, MHA for Labrador West. Uh, starting with the discretionary spending, uh, given that... Uh, you know, this, this was, you know, the period was when Nalcor was obviously the, the, uh, the lead uh, entity and now that I guess Hydro would be the successor entity of what uh, Nalcor started. Um, did you feel at the time that Nalcor um, needed to keep up with entities like Hydro Quebec, private mining industry, and that when it comes to the discretionary discretionary spending, especially around hospitality and miscellaneous?
3: So with the audit period being um, ended um, five years ago, but started in 2013, that's even before I started. um, So there's a a significant period where um, it would be difficult for me to comment specifically on the psyche of of how the the organization was specifically led um, at the time. Um, I think how we are functioning today is very much being very cost conscious, and everywhere possible that we can align with government policy and approach, we will, but we still have to honor and, and be accountable to good utility practice. Is this coming through? It feels like it's, okay. Um, we have to uh, honor you know, good utility practice. So, um, not knowing exactly the psyche of the folks at the time, um, certainly I was in the organization um, for a couple of years of that period, um, but it would be difficult to say, who they felt they had to keep up with, if at all. Um, But right now, we feel we have to be um, appropriately running ourselves according to good utility practice.
0: Given that, you know, your position on, you know, how to, as a a bit of autonomy for the Newfoundland Labor Hydro, to try to mitigate the embedded contractor issue is tied to the compensation issue. Given all that, is there a way forward, you see, on finding middle ground between what we're expecting here from you know the Treasury point of view, board point of view, and the PACs point of view, and what the Auditor General said, and given the world of the utility world, what would be the middle ground that you think that would probably find that we can find here? Or what's your opinion that we can we get to that point where you know as a prudent utility Accountable to the public, accountable to us here at the public, accountable to here at the, at the public uh, public accounts committee. What would be that? Is that is that fine, or you think that there's still going to be some headbutting there?
3: You, you tell me. <laughs> um, I think it's healthy. Sorry, it's Jennifer Williams. I think it's very healthy to um, know you've always got to measure up, right? Getting a 100% grade 100% of the time. You know what I mean? You always need to know that you need to get better and people are expecting more and more of you all the time. Um, So I think it's normal and expected that we will headbutt on this issue and lots of issues um, for a very long time. And that's okay. Um, as long as we're doing it respectfully, and then with the facts and the realities, so as facts and realities as opposed to opinion, and I totally understand and I do not um, take away from what elected officials face with regards to um, expectations of their constituents, not at all. I don't envy that. and I, I think that this is a challenge, probably in any any um, crown organization and crown utility, certainly across Canada. Um, the society that we're in today, it's harder and harder to uh, to get through to the public. And we are very much, um, you know, focused on opinions versus facts in the public. And so, I guess, uh, M. J. Brown, it's it's tough to say that there's going to be a a, a, a happy medium ground that you're gonna be perfectly happy with, that we'll be perfectly happy with. I think we'll have to continue to demonstrate that we are listening to the inputs of um, government and elected officials, the public, all of those parties. And um, when we have missed the mark, certainly how we communicate or the decisions that we're making, especially you know using audit as an example, we have to incorporate that and do better, go forward. So. I don't think it's a perfect answer to your question, um, specifically about compensation. I, I guess I, I am okay with um, knowing that we're not perfect all the time for you. Um, I don't wanna lower my standards and say, well, I know I'm, always gonna, I'm gonna, not gonna meet their standards all the time. That doesn't mean I'm not gonna continue to try, but we are gonna continue to try to meet the expectations.
0: Uh, I appreciate your answer. Thank you so much, and thank you to your team for, uh, for answering my questions. I'm, I'm done, Chair, thank you.
3: Okay. Uh, thank you, and I do
4: believe uh, we're finished with the question priority hearing. So, uh, you know, in concluding, I uh, I would now ask uh, whether witnesses have any closing remarks
3: at the risk of reiterating everything I said at the beginning, but I do want to just sort of mention a few of those points again. Um, the audit was very helpful. Um, the Auditor General was, uh, and I know her predecessors as well, were very patient with us and I, I hope uh, they saw our team try to be as forthcoming with all the information as we could. It's a beast of an organization. Um, it's huge. I love it. I will say it's a beast. It sounds like I don't like it. I love it there. It's, uh, it's, it's an incredibly rewarding place to work with all of its challenges. Um, so we were okay, obviously having the audit, um, and I'm very grateful that we were able to have this discussion today on areas that we align, and hopefully you see that we are trying really hard to meet the expectations um, of the public. And the other, th- and to reiterate this, a couple of other things is I, I really hope that folks have a better understanding of what it means to be a utility in this province, um, as well as being a Crown utility, and then that we are different, certainly from the audit period, and I would suggest even different in the last couple of years, and will be go forward. The opportunity for this province, um, certainly in the electricity sector go forward, is so exciting. I'm trying to be that positive view go forward without the rose-colored glasses, even though I get accused of that sometimes. Um, It's an incredibly exciting future here. Um, We have assets that um, other jurisdictions are jealous of, 100%. um, To work in this industry now. On, in, a, in, a, in a crown that is delivering that value back to the province. There's no better organization in the province to work for. And that is a culture, I think, that was a feeling that we all share, and we're really working on making sure that our employees feel that pride themselves. It can be tough some days when you're the headline every second day, and it um, it doesn't always uh, feel like that for folks when they go into their communities. So we're working really hard to meet the expectations and to make sure that our employees feel good about where they work. So.
1: That is the CEO and president of uh, Newfoundland Labrador Hydro, who, of course, was uh, before the um, Public Accounts Committee at the House of Assembly this morning. And right there, she was being questioned by committee member Jordan Brown, of course, the NDP MHA for Lab West. And that was all precipitated, of course, by um, AG Denise Hanrahan's most recent audit, which uncovered just a little bit of, um, you know, um, let's say, excessive spending on alcohol, tobacco and dinners and, uh, you know, other perks that uh, CEO Williams has said that just doesn't happen anymore, especially on the alcohol front and, you know, those extra perks that uh, would go into it. And that showed up in the AG report, which did not go over well, to say the least. So um, uh, that was the grilling before the uh, public accounts committee this morning. Now, Claudette. You have something way more important than NL Hydro's um, appearance before the Public Accounts Committee. Could you please fill us in?
5: Well, it is important because it uh, belongs to somebody and that somebody is missing this particular cat a lot. So we had a call from a VOCM listener, Amanda Rice, who says one of her cats by the name of Bella. Mm. Bella's a male, by -hmm. the way, but anyway. He, she. He, she uh, is a black, tabby, bob-tailed, short-haired cat. And Bella has been missing from the Empire Avenue, Jensen Camp Road area since November 25th. And you can hear in Amanda's voice how upset she is. I have a cat. When you miss, you know, when your cat gets lost, or in my case it would be a dog, nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. You're just, uh, you know, in focus mode trying to get that that fur baby back. So um, v- Bella is very friendly, a three year old cat I don't believe Bella is microchipped but she thinks that maybe somebody has them and doesn't realize yep. that it belongs to somebody because it's not microchipped
1: Quick description one more time Okay, Short
5: haired, black tabby, bob tailed cat in the Empire Avenue Jensen Camp Road area lost since November 25th If you have spotted Bella uh, call 743-1801 743 743- 1801.
1: Or here at VOCM. Thanks for that, Claudette. That does it for news talk. I'm Brian Callahan. Drive safely, arrive alive. VOCM cares.